Good morning. It is so good to see you this morning. Welcome to worship. The first delivery of the year for the Backpack Ministry is scheduled for September 9th. If you would like to donate food for this ministry, please see the sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center. There will be a woman's retreat at Camp Capers on September 16th and 17th. If you would like to attend, please contact Rebecca Sweet. Our communion offering next week will be for Methodist missionary Christian Schlick. Starting next Sunday, we will have plastic operation Christmas child boxes available for sale for $2 each. These boxes will last many years and remind the recipients of the love of God. Our scripture reading this morning is Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. It's on page 1024 in your pew Bible. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith, as it is written. The one who is righteous will live by faith. Please join me in prayer. Faithful God, we gather to praise you and offer our thanks. We especially thank you for Jesus, who taught us humility and hospitality. Remind us often how truly blessed we are through our riches in Christ Jesus. Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your word is a fountain of blessing in this world. Enliven our souls as we hear your word today. Let us learn the lesson of Habakkuk that when we have questions, we should ask you. Forgive our foolish ways and fill us with your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. your soul what matters come to mind the cares you keep the thoughts you think it's not all wasted time seek and you will find Joy still comes in the morning, hope still walks with the hurting. If you're still alive and breathing, praise the Lord. Don't stop dancing and dreaming, there's still good news worth repeating. So lift your head and keep singing. in the morning 
kissing and dreaming. There's still good news worth repeating. So lift your head and keep singing. Praise the Lord. Let everything, let everything, let everything praise the Lord. In the working, in the waiting, let it praise the Lord. In the blessing, in the breaking, come on, praise the Lord. In the dying, the rising, let it praise the Lord. Let it praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Joy still comes in the morning. Hope still walks with the hurting. If you're still alive. exciting morning, hasn't it? For those of us who have been here, it has. And there's a little bit of a struggle going on this morning because we didn't have, we didn't have air conditioning, you guys. I don't know how we made it through, but we're all here and we're all ready to worship, right? I want to invite my kiddos forward. All right. How are we doing? How was the first week of school for those who just started or the second or third if you were already in? Did we have good weeks? You're in kindergarten? Was it a good week? Yeah. I heard somebody got five smiley faces in a row this week. Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic week. Huh. Did you guys have a good first week? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did you guys have any struggles this week? Yeah. Did you struggle with something? You know what I always struggled with on the first day of school? Having a sit waking up. Yes. Who said that? You're my people. <laughs> No, having to sit still in class all day. Do you have trouble with that? You got to just like squirm and move, right? No? It's just, okay, it's just me. You get the wiggly chairs. Oh, you guys have cool teachers. I got to call up my teachers and be like, where was my wiggly chair? Well, I wanted to talk to you guys about struggle because we're all going to have struggles in our lives, right? It just happens. Things just aren't going to go our way. And sometimes there's going to be times where it feels like nothing at all is going our way. Like, it seems like everybody else is doing great and everything's happening to us. It happens, right? Yeah. 
We're going to talk about, we've been talking about Bible heroes for the, for the whole month here, right? And this week we're talking about a prophet in the Old Testament with a really funny name. And I'm sure we're all butchering it here. It probably sounds beautiful if he said it himself. But today I would call him Habakkuk. Have you heard of him? No. No? He's got a really funny name. And he's a prophet to the nation of, or to the tribe of Judah. But he's not a normal type of prophet that we hear about. He wasn't that guy that was getting these messages from God and he was going out and telling the people and really struggling with telling the people. Habakkuk was a little bit different because he saw that his people, that Judah, they weren't doing things right. They were struggling. They had a hard time following God and trusting him. In fact, it was so bad that they had completely broken the covenant that they had with God. They weren't following any of the Ten Commandments. And God promised us when he gave us the Ten Commandments that if you follow these I will always be with you. I will always step into our lives. We're going to deal with it. And that's what was happening. The people of Judah were having a hard time. And Habakkuk was, he was crying out to God. This book that we have from him is a conversation between him and God. It's really cool. And in it, he's complaining. He's praying to God and he's saying, dude, God, I love you, but what is going on? My people are all over the place and you're just letting it happen. They're just being bad. Why is that happening? And God comes back and he says, well, you don't know the whole plan. I have something else that's going to go on. And it's going to get much worse than it gets better because the people need to learn to come back to me. And Habakkuk again is like, wait, that's not how things are supposed to happen. You're not supposed to make things worse for us, God. You're supposed to make it better for us, right? I mean, that's what we all are told all of the time, right? But here's the thing. God has told us time and time and time again that he will always keep his promises to us, right? And we like to think of that in a positive way, like he's never going to flood the earth again. But there's also another side to it. God's our dad. He set rules for us to follow to keep us safe, right? And then when we break those rules, he's going to keep the promise that he made to us to correct us, right? Do your parents ever say, you know, I promise, child, you do that one more time. I know I've said that. You do that one more time, and we're going to find out what happens, right? Your parents have made a promise to help raise you up and to to help you develop and to grow into good people, and God did the same thing. And in this book, we see God telling Habakkuk, yes, things are going to get worse. It's going to get tough for your people, but I have a plan. And the evil in the world, the sin in the world, it will never, ever win because I am God, and I am in control. So there are times in our lives where it might seem that the evil is overwhelming, that there are bad things happening and they're taking over everywhere and it is not fair. But we need to look to people like Habakkuk who give us these faith examples of struggle, right? Sometimes we look at the big greats who just accepted everything, right? And they didn't really seem to struggle. We see Mary being told that Jesus is gonna, she's going to have Jesus and everything's going to be different for her. And she just is like, okay, God, thanks for choosing me, which is an amazing attitude to have. But we all don't always respond that way, right? Sometimes we respond with, this isn't fair. And when we have those times, we can look to a guy like Habakkuk and read through it and read his response. Because his response is beautiful. He says, Lord, I know that you're there and you're going to take care of me. I know that you have a plan in the end. And even though all of these things are happening to me, I'm going to continue to have faith and trust in you. We need to have that even though faith that Habakkuk had. Not the, if you do this for me faith that we have sometimes, right? God, if you do this for me, I will follow you. Or because you took care of me when, I will follow you. That's not how faith works. Our faith has to be that even though faith that Habakkuk shows us so that we follow him 
even though everything feels like it's falling apart around us. Okay? Will you guys bow your heads? Close your eyes. Fold your hands. Let's talk to God. Say, dear God, sometimes we don't understand why there's bad in the world. Help us hold on to our faith even, oh my gosh, help us to hold on even through our faith (laughs) and trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. We're going to go to Spark Worship and learn more about Habakkuk. Good morning. I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow it is to see all of you here and the rainbow that I don't have to yell this, during this service. Yeah, for those of you who don't know it, when we got here this morning, there was no power. But as you can tell, it's been restored. Praise the Lord. And I'll use that as a rainbow because it reminds us It reminds us how very, very blessed we are. You know, the majority of Christians that are worshiping today don't have electricity. Just think about that. It's good to see all of you, and it's good that the power has been restored. Praise the Lord. Another rainbow I have is, I I thought about it this morning after I got up. Today is August the 29th, so not only is it the last Sunday of August... It was six years ago today, Rebecca and I and some other friends got to be present to dedicate Hot Spring United Methodist Church in the Philippines. So uh, praise the Lord. That church is six years old today, and they're doing well, and they're, they're doing very, very well. So praise the Lord for that. I want to lift up anybody who's traveling. Oh, Lord, we pray. And... Speaking of Christians who, are, who may not have electricity, among other things, I want to lift up all the folks in Afghanistan, our troops, that they would be able to exit safely, all the rest of the American citizens, and of course all our Afghani friends who have been loyal and stuck by us, and, uh, and a lot of those folks are Christians. And the folks that seemingly are in charge right now don't look too kindly on Christians. So I want to lift up that whole situation. Oh, Lord, we pray. I want to lift up the people on the Gulf Coast that are in the path of Ida, them up for uh, safety and minimal damage. Oh, Lord, we pray. I want us to continue to lift up the folks in Haiti, And folks anywhere who are uh, suffering from flooding or fires or any of those types of things, oh, Lord, we pray. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this gorgeous day. We thank you for all that you bless us with. Lord, we lift up those we've named, and there are many that... We don't know their names who need your protection, your healing, courage, and strength from you. We lift them up. We lift up those anywhere who have recently lost loved ones. We ask, Lord, that you would comfort them, 
Lord, I lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will, that they would listen to you and cease the cycles of violence and destruction, that we might live in peace and harmony. Lord, I ask that you would open our ears and our understanding today as your word is proclaimed. Let it mold all of us into better disciples of Jesus that we might act as his voice, hands, and feet in this place. And now we pray as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, things are going pretty well in the world today. I'm sure that all of you have noticed as far as things go, we've probably never had much of a better time in our lives, right? No. But really, we look around us, and what do we see? We see violence. We see destruction. We see lawlessness. We see justice perverted, among other things, right? All of those things are, are going on. And if we wanted to, we could say, oh, woe is me, right? Or imagine many of you have probably said, you know, why does God let all of this stuff go on? This is exactly why we study the scriptures and the Bible and we look at what's there. Because it constantly reminds us that though the window dressing may change, the actors, the people, human nature is the same. And as, as Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, right, there's nothing new under the sun. Now, this is exactly, this is exactly the kind of time that Habakkuk lived in. We're starting this morning, we're going to talk about a couple of the minor prophets and Habakkuk, if you look at the list the way we do it in our Bible, Habakkuk is, is number eight in the list of the 12 minor prophets. And I've actually had people say to me before, you know, is that in the Bible, Habakkuk? Well, it is. It really is. It's not a long book. It's three chapters long. And as, as is my habit, I encourage all of you to go read it, if not this afternoon, sometime this week. It'll take you 10 minutes. Because like I say, it's only, it's only three chapters long. And as Jesse pointed out in the children's sermon, Habakkuk is not like a Jeremiah or an Isaiah, maybe. You know, Jeremiah confronted the leadership there, got thrown in jail, right? That's the kind of thing you should think about with prophets. Habakkuk was a prophet 
really in what I think is the better sense of the word prophet. Prophets are not, as I've said before, they're not people that sit around with a crystal ball and say everything that's going to happen next week or next month or next millennium necessarily. Prophets do at some time in their offices give prophecies like that. And in fact, Habakkuk gives two that we'll talk about in in just a minute. But Habakkuk didn't go to the people like Jonah went to the people of Nineveh, for example. In the whole book of Habakkuk, the three chapters there we read, it's just Habakkuk talking to God. Now what he does is a perfectly good prophetic example of what all of us should do when we're fulfilling our roles as prophets in pointing people back to God and pointing people back to God. So I'm going to start out the, our actual sermon text are the last few verses in chapter 3 of Habakkuk. But before we do that, I want to read the beginning of Habakkuk and just I want you to play a little imagination game of do you think any of what when I read this ask yourself or I ask you to ask yourself you know does any of this sound like something that is going on today consider the word of the Lord O Lord How long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen, or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore judgment comes forth perverted. The word of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who created the heavens and the earth and all that's in them. God who gives us your word so that we might have everything, everything necessary for life and godliness. Remind us to be like Habakkuk who trusted in your promise and faithfulness. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Yeah, sounds like Habakkuk's been watching the news pretty much. Like I say, this is, you know, this is one of those things, if you haven't, if you really haven't gotten a hold of it, this is the thing. The Bible tells us God's will. The Bible tells us how we can live in peace and harmony and abundance even in a perverse generation. And if this ain't a perverse generation, 
I don't know what is, okay, that, that we are currently living in, as was the time of Habakkuk. Now, when did Habakkuk live? Habakkuk, Habakkuk was a prophet in Judah. Remember, we've got the, the kingdom of Israel had three kings when the, when the kingdom was united, all right? Saul, David, and Solomon. And then after Solomon assumes room temperature, right, then the kingdom splits, okay, between a couple of guys named Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Jeroboam takes over the ten northern tribes. Rehoboam takes charge of the two southern tribes, which are Judah and Benjamin. And when everything goes kapui and Israel goes into captivity, Judah lasts a while longer before they go into captivity. So they are taken in, Judah is taken into captivity by the Babylonians, right? King Nebuchadnezzar, all that sort of stuff. We, we talked about that with Daniel, and Daniel was in that first group of exiles that got taken to Babylon when the Babylonians came to Judah. Habakkuk and this, this book was written, we don't know exactly, we don't know exactly, but it was written more or less at around 610 or 605 B.C., right? The end of the 7th century. You have to say, well, wait, 605, how's that the end? It's because we count backwards, right? When we're on the other side of Jesus' birthday, okay, we, we count backwards. So Judah... Daniel and those guys that got taken into Babylon and with the first group, that happened in 597. So Habakkuk is 8, 10, 12 years or so before that happens. And he looks around him and he sees that the leadership of Judah is not following the Torah the law of God. The leadership is utterly corrupt. They're taking advantage of people. All sorts of things are happening. The, the whole society is totally ungodly. Not totally. I mean, you got Habakkuk and a few others. Remember, God always maintains a remnant. Always. Always. And it's just generally a mess. And so... Habakkuk's complaint to God is, God, how can you let all of this stuff take place and not do anything? So God answers Habakkuk, and he says, Judah has been disobedient. They've made their own bed, so to speak, and now they've got to lay in it, right? And he said, this isn't going to last much longer because I'm going to bring judgment against the people of Judah. Now, the first thing I want us to remember about Habakkuk that I believe we should all emulate in our lives is that you ought to talk to God. That's what Habakkuk's doing, right? He's not talking to the city council or, or his neighbors or anybody else. He's going to the source. And he's talking to God, and he says, God, I'm confused. Things are rotten down here. What can I do about it? 
And basically, God says, yeah, you can't do a whole lot about it. <laughs> but he says, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to get Babylon to get Judah in line, so to speak. Now, remember, remember Jesus. Always remember Jesus, okay? Remember, everything in the Old Testament is put there either to specifically tell us something about Jesus or to point toward his coming. We could take a survey, right? Like on Family Feud, right? We, we could take a survey here. I'm willing to risk that most of you could at least halfway tell me what John 3.16 says, all right? I've got, a, I've got a pretty good idea that most of this group could tell me that. But in this same conversation with Nicodemus, I think is something equally important for us never to forget. In John 3, 19, a few verses down, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he says, judgment has come because the light has come into the world and people love the darkness more than they do the light and they commit their evil deeds, right? The things that we see in the world, most of the really horrible things that we see in the world, and I'm not, and I'm not including natural disasters, although natural disasters cause pain and suffering and sometimes death. Natural disasters aren't evil in the category of evil, in my, in my way of thinking anyway, like, for example, what we, what we see going on in Afghanistan right now. Okay, that's evil. And true, honest-to-goodness evil, that which opposes God's will, comes from us. Comes from us. And Jesus reminded Nicodemus of that. And God is reminding Habakkuk of that. He says, well, all this violence that you see around you, and remember, God destroyed the world the first time, Read Genesis chapter 6 because of violence, okay? All this violence that you see around me is your fault. The people of Judah's fault. Human beings' fault, okay? Don't go blaming the blame anyway. So I'm going to use Babylon to put you guys, to, to get you guys to line up. Habakkuk says, wow. It rem this reminds me of when, when, in Genesis chapter 18, when Abraham's talking to God and he's saying, well, God, if there are 50 righteous people in Sodom, would you still destroy it? And God says, no, I wouldn't if there were 50 righteous people there. And you all know the deal. You know, we get down to 10, which, by the way, you know, Sodom wasn't destroyed because of wickedness. Sodom was destroyed because God couldn't find 10 righteous people there. Okay? That's why Sodom was destroyed. Okay, so he tells Habakkuk basically, or Habakkuk says, but wait, God. He says, we're not as bad as those Babylonians. He says, those people are really bad. He didn't say this, and it's not in Habakkuk, but it is a historical fact. You know, when the Babylonians sieged a place, a lot of times 
when they killed people, they'd stack the skulls up outside the city gates, make piles of skulls, like you've seen the piles of cannonballs around cannons, if we look at some of the you know, things from the Colonial War or the Civil War, perhaps, or maybe even a little later than that. But anyway, he says, we're not that bad. God, again, sometimes uses bad actors to carry out God's will. Never forget, God is sovereign. God is in charge. It may temporarily look like somebody else is, but they're not. So here Habakkuk says he's going to take his post as a watchman, and he's going to watch for what God tells him and for what's going on. So the first prophecy that we would, that we would think of in the term of telling something that's going to happen in the future that Habakkuk talks about is, is that Judah's going to fall. And it does. While Habakkuk is being the watchman, and remember again what Jesus told us all, it's in all three of the synoptic gospels, and, and one of the places you can find it is in Matthew 25, verse 13. Jesus says, What? He says, Watch, stay alert, because nobody knows the hour of the day when the Son of Man is coming back. And the smart money's on being ready when he shows up, right? So we need to learn from Habakkuk to watch and be prepared. But while, while Habakkuk's watching, God says, here, 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 Habakkuk, I want you to write this down. Put it on a tablet. That means chisel it in stone, okay? It's in stone. He says, here's what's going to happen. He says, yeah, Babylon's worse than Judah, and they're going to take over Judah, but you know what's going to happen? Somebody else is going to come and do it to Babylon, okay? It's going to take them over. Their wickedness is going to be, have an end put to it as well. And what God tells Habakkuk is something that any of you who are students of history already know. And that is, generally speaking, nations start out with pretty good values and things and people working together. But as they mature, they get more decadent. They get more violent. They get more lawless. And somebody else comes along and puts them in their place. And this cycle of violence and revenge, violence and revenge, violence and revenge keeps going. And it has gone throughout history. I mean, look, all you have to do is open up your history books. Any of us, we can see it. We can see it. And that's what God tells Habakkuk. And he says, but don't let it worry you. Don't let it worry you. Okay? Because not only does this take place, he says, what's going to take place is, he says, Habakkuk, you remember when the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt? He says, what did I do? He said, I brought them out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, out of the house of bondage, right? 
and gave them a chance. Let them, let them set up a perfectly, a perfectly good system. They didn't have kings, right? They didn't have kings for a long time. We don't see a king until 1 Samuel. They go for a long time without a king because they were working together and communally seeking God's will. But then again, all that broke down, and they said, we want to be like everybody else, you know? I want me one of them electric cars that'll go 100 miles an hour, right? Or whatever it might be. We want to be like everybody else. We want to have a king. God says, okay, you set up this system, and your kids are going to end up slaves. And they do. But God says, when they were in bondage in Egypt, I brought them out. I brought them out. You see, the good news is God always has a plan to get his people out of bondage. And he always had a plan to save his Messiah, his Savior, right? And it's going to be that way. And, and, and Jesus alluded to it. Jesus alluded to the faithfulness and the promise of God. Again, numerous places in the Synoptic Gospels, but one of them in particular is in Mark chapter 14. Jesus says what? He says, I will not drink this fruit of the vine again until I do it anew in the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus knew. That's why, that's why Jesus could, for the joy that was set before him, endure what he endured. Now, today's sermon text. <laughs> Y'all thought I forgot, right? Or no, better than that, y'all forgot. Huh? No. So, okay. Consider the word of the Lord. Though the fig tree does not blossom, and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails, and the fields yield no food, Though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exalt in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me tread upon the heights. The word of the Lord. Now think about that. Habakkuk's still painting. You know, it's, it's pretty bleak. There's no figs. There's no olives. There's no, there's no livestock. You know, he's going to be on a pretty good diet, right? And so is everybody else. But he says, you know what? It's okay. God is faithful. God keeps God's promises. And everything will be all right. And look at this. Look at this. He says... He gives me feet like a deer. Probably hard to find a pair of shoes, wouldn't it? If you got feet like a deer. But he gives him feet like a deer. And you say, well, well what does that mean? Here's, here's what it means. Here's what it means, I think. David says the same thing in Psalm 18. The going might be rough, like climbing up on the heights where the deer climb and all that. Or the mountain goats. You could use them as an analogy. 
but God's going to give you the ability to do it, right? If you've got feet like a deer, you can climb on those rough places. You can stand up on those relatively small rocks, right, where there may not seem like there's much footing, but there's enough. There's enough. So Habakkuk lives out what was in, in, uh, in chapter 2, which was in the, in the verse that Michelle read earlier out of Romans. Paul quoted it there, that the righteous should live by faith, right? The righteous should live by faith. That's the third thing, again, that Habakkuk shows us that we should do. And not only live by faith, we should do that joyfully, joyfully in expectation of the good that God has promised because God is always, always, always faithful. And whatever God says, just like Habakkuk had to do, you can put in stone. It's not going to change, and it's going to happen. So as we leave here this morning, I'd like us all to remember Habakkuk, who demonstrated what a prophet should demonstrate, joy and hope, hope, anticipation of good, anticipation of good. And remember, God loves God's creation and his people way more than we do. Amen. Now go in peace. And as you go, go joyfully with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen. strong and